Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cue music. This is Kayak Fishing Radio, and it's time for Yak Fish in Texas with your hosts, Jaron Wassel and Andrew Moxagimba. Join the conversation at kayakfishingradio.com or call the guys up at 714-816-4727. Now, it's time for Yak Fishing Texas. Here are your hosts, Jaron and Andrew. Another Tuesday night. Here we are at Yak Fishing Texas. I am Jaron Wassel and of course joined by my buddy and co host Andrew Makagimba. How's it going, Andrew? It's going great. <laughs> great. You sound convinced. You sound convinced. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Life's great. Yeah, exactly. Uh well welcome everybody to the show. Uh good to be back. Tuesday night, we're going to have Tobin Strickland on tonight uh, from TroutSupport.com. He is the maker of that series of DVDs that you can go over to www.TroutSupport.com and check out. They're really awesome DVDs in that they they teach you a lot about the ins and outs of coastal fishing for trout and redfish in various situations. Um, So we'll have him on a little bit later, and that's going to be a really cool chat. Kind of nice to have someone come in and talk about some tips, tactics, and, you know, whatnot, and fielding some live uh, some live questions from the chat room tonight. If you are in the chat room, uh, if you want to participate in tonight's chat, be sure to log in with a social media account. Facebook's probably the easiest way to go. Uh, so if you've got any questions to field the Tobin, that's going to be the only way we're going to be able to see you uh, post any questions up. So be sure to do that. Uh, other than that, kind of go down a list of some things that we've got coming up for a couple of weeks in Texas. So, of course, you know, this coming weekend we're going to have Demo Days, the second part of it for uh, Austin Kayak. We're going to have the demo in the Houston location or in Missouri City for the Houston location. 
And then we're also going to have the demo for the San Marcos and the newly launched San Antonio store. It's going to be a kind of a joint event. Uh, we'll have that going on this weekend as well. It'll be Saturday from 10 to 4, and then Sunday we'll have it from noon to 4. So be sure to show up, dress appropriately. Should be decent weather this weekend. Looks a lot better than this last weekend. So we're uh, we're going to be down there rain or shine. I know it's definitely we go down there if it rains. <laughs> definitely not going to skip on that fun. Uh, no, no. See what else we get. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it rains, why not? We'll, we'll have a demo. The kayaks might get uh, wet. They might get going. <laughs> They'll melt. Got some of our acidic rain around Houston. Uh, see what else we got going on. So I believe, actually, I believe the weekend after the demo, you know, we've got the, the weekend of the 19th. That's the kickoff of the Lone Star Kayak Series ran over there by Dustin Kareva. So we're going to have that kickoff. So they've got early registration going right now. Definitely be sure to go over to um, the website, sign up. It's LoneStarKayakSeries.com. It's on the, the 19th of April. And the base camp is going to be at Louis Bait Camp uh, over off of Highway 6 in Hitchcock. So sign up. I think you do it via PayPal. Uh, go out there and have fun on a really good series. And, you know, we had Dustin a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about that usually the first event is one of the more successful ones because you got a lot of the fish that are starting to come out due to the hatch. So that's going to be a, going to be a fun event. And then if – now, if I'm not mistaken, Andrew, Katz has an event that same weekend, right, or is it this next weekend? I had a customer coming today and said it was this weekend, but, I mean, he's often confused. So I, I can't imagine we do it the same weekend as Dem. So yeah, I'm I'll, I'll look into it right now. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at, 2014 tournament dates and lakes. So it looks like – Yeah, it is this coming weekend. It is this coming weekend, April 12th, out at Lake Sam Raver. So Brilliant. there you go. Yeah, there you go. Christian and his crew will be out at uh, Sam Rayburn. If I'm not mistaken, the base camp is going to be in the Five Fingers area of, the, of Sam Rayburn, and it's going to be at Rayburn Park. That's where everybody will meet up and launch out of and go fish an awesome, awesome fishery, especially right now. They time it right. Rayburn is ripe for, is ripe for spawn fish right now. So that'll be, a, be interesting to see what everybody uh, gets into out there. I'll be looking forward to a report. And then, man, they just don't know how good of an area that they're in. I don't think at all. Those guys are going to be, barring a, barring a pump in southwest wind, they're going to have really easy access to get back up in five fingers from a kayak, which is very unique. Or they can go the other way if they do have a southwest wind and get over a farmer's flat. So I had a lot of success on those areas in college. That's an amazing way to the guy that I talked to today was pretty excited about it, even though I just completely said that he's possibly wrong. Obviously, I was wrong, but, you know, he was pretty <laughs> excited about this weekend, so. Well, if he's tuning in tonight, he got to hear you, he got to hear you correct yourself and say you were wrong. I was Dig wrong. It. He was right. But he's in a sales meeting, and I know he's not <laughs> listening right now. <laughs> Very well, nice. Let's see. Uh, we've also got, uh, looks like, 
Cap City Kayak Series. They've got their uh, event. It's another, you know, it's another Austin-based series, but they've got their road event this weekend up at Ray Hubbard. That's up in the Dallas area. So a lot of tournament series hitting the road this weekend, at least the two main, the two main ones in the state. So if you want to go up to Dallas or if you already live in Dallas, look up Cap City Kayak Series. You know, you've got that available to you. If you want to make an even farther road trip on a more nostalgic Big Bass Lake, head out to Rayburn Park out in the, the Lufkin area, and you can go and fish the Cat Series. Or if you're a salt, just wait a couple of weeks, and you've got Dustin's Series coming up as well. So pretty awesome stuff there. Now, I'm, I also had something pop up on my Facebook feed that I know Heroes on the Water has an event coming up too, and I really want to make sure I touch base on that. Let everybody know what's going on there. See if I can find it. No, Bobby Clark posted on it. Ah, there it is. So we've got a. So, but they've been at uh, St. Arnold's? Yeah, we've got the event at St. Arnold's, the brewing company there on the east side of Houston. Um, it's a Heroes on the Water benefit at the brewery. So it's going to be a the the fly the fly fishing film tour is going to be stopping by there, and uh, so bring your own chairs. What they're labeling the event BYOC, uh, they'll be projected outdoors at the brewery. So I guess they'll be outside watching all the films. That'll be a cool event too. I'm pretty sure they'll have some fundraisers or whatnot going on. Um, yeah, there you go. You purchase tickets. It doesn't say what the ticket price is going to be. Doesn't really matter, I guess. It's worth it to go anyways. It doesn't matter how extensive it's going to a great cause. Are you going in? Yeah, I'm. Already, I'm going. I'm putting the link on it, of it to our to the um, Facebook page right now. Cool. So. Very cool. Yeah, there's there was something else I saw like a Southeast Texas chapter of Heroes on the Water had an upcoming event. It's kind of like a get-together. I, I think it's their paddling event to get some of the, the vets out on the water, too. I just I can't find it on my events feed. So I'll have, to, I'll have to definitely look it up and see if I can find it, too, and post up. So other than that, I think that really covers it for events. But now weather-wise, we should have a pretty good stretch of weather coming up to get out on the, the water this weekend really across the entire state of Texas. So that'll be really nice. Everybody should have a fair shot at going out and targeting really whatever they want to target, be it from the coast, north Texas, west, south, it don't really matter. Uh, I think the rain chances are pretty minimal this weekend. I'm going to look it up for the Galveston area real quick, give a little quick forecast. But don't you, any of you hold it to me because I know how much we love weathermen. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, it looks like about 70 degrees for the rest of the week, low 70s, and it right, runs right all the way up through Sunday. So it be nice, sunny, clear, ready to go out and get some fishing done. So that'll be, a, that'll be fun to do. And I think when I uh, – so at the ACK demo event in Houston, we're going to have uh, – we're going to have quite a few vendors that are going to be out, and I'm really looking forward to taking – I think Jeff's going to come down potentially at, uh, that night and fish with Clint from Team Ocean Kayak, and then also the the rep from Werner Paddles, Taylor Robertson, he's going to come out. We're going to go fish. I know, Andrew, you're going to come too, right? 
Yeah, going. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to get some good fishing down there. Clint's going to take us out at night. I think we're going to be focusing mainly on the trout bites. Who knows, man? We talked to Tobin tonight, get a little bit of tips on what to be uh, fishing with and what to look for and whatnot. Maybe we'll be a, maybe we'll make, a, make Clint look bad. I'm not going to bet on that, but potentially. I'm not betting on it either. Not at all. Well, <laughs> just bust out your corky and you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to troll a corky all night. That's my plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's a game plan. Yeah, that, that would be awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you, you, who knows, man? <laughs> who knows? But, uh, so yeah, man. Uh, so, got a, got a new toy in this last week. Pretty excited. Got the new Corrado 200 uh, 200i in. Got to match it up with my uh, my new Castaway DD22 uh, rod, man. I, I tell you what, the boys at Shimano have outdone themselves again. That is one of the sweetest reels. And I probably say that every time the Corrado is least, except for those 200Ds, which I should have just used that as a sinker. That thing stunk. But... The new reel is sick, man. It is. It casts a friggin' mile, and it's lighter than any other Corrado that I've ever owned. It's. It's. I would have to put it in almost like just from like holding it in your hand, close to about as what it felt like to have my Cronart 50mg back in the day, or even a core. Yeah, it's as light as my core. I mean, it. It makes that um, Cronart I just got look look ridiculous. I mean, what a total waste of money that was. Should have held up for that Corrado. <laughs> I don't know, man. That Corrado's pretty sweet. You you get what you pay for. I, I'm a firm believer in that. So I don't think you got slighted one bit. I think it's just I was a sucker for a sucker for new a new reel, pretty much. Right. But but a Taylor uh, from Warner dropped off a new toy for me to mess around with this uh, for a little while. I got one of those new Hook Series Callistas. From Warner paddles. Now, typically, I'm a high angle paddle guy, but I thoroughly look forward to trying out this uh, the Callista. I've used it before, but not extensively, and I've never used it with my Ultra. So I want to see how it compares using the the Callista versus the Ikelos. That's uh, that's going to be sweet, man. And for those of you who don't know, Warner. Warner Paddles has got a new fishing uh, line of paddles out called the Hook Series, and basically they've taken the the fiberglass blades on, say, like a Kamano or a Shuna or anything of that nature, and they've added a really sweet fishing design to the the blade of the paddle, and just kind of geared it towards uh, you know aesthetically pleasing that a kayak fisherman would like it. They've done it to their plastic paddles too, but there's no there's no patterns. It's more of like a, a flat color, right, Andrew? How would you what would you describe that? Yeah, no, it's definitely you know flatter. But the other part of what I thought was true, and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they add more material to the carbon and the fiberglass to make it a little more durable on the ends? That was the that's what Jeff Herman was telling me. That there's a little more material on the end of the paddle blade for better a little more durability. So there is a little bit difference in the the paddle blade itself, other than the logo, or the not the, the logo as well as the the pattern on the blade, right? Right. That's what that's what he was telling me. And I didn't realize that because um, when I first saw them, Taylor was through last time, they were still you know 
getting ready to launch them, so I don't know if he was if that was out there yet. But yeah, there's a little bit more material on the tip of the blade. So. Ah, I hadn't I I hadn't I guess I missed that part when I was reading down the spec sheet. Uh, they make some sweet paddles, man. That's it's really. I mean, there's a lot of manufacturers of paddles out there, and you know, not to slight any of them, Aquabound and Bending Branches, they make good paddles too. I've just uh, on, and then AT paddles as well. Can't forget them. But I, I I like the I like the the Werner the feel in my hand. You know, every every paddler out there, their hand is shaped different. Every paddle is going to fit their hand differently. I guess when you come down to it, I guess their their paddle shaft fits a little bit more comfortable in my hands. Although, you know, I have used AT and Aquabound and Bending Branches too. I just, uh, I found the Warner, their uh, paddle shaft has fit my hands a little bit better. Uh, now, Andrew, you've used the AT paddles. Uh, what's that one, what's the model that you have? I knew you were going to ask me that. Ha-ha. <laughs> the, the one I have is a prototype. Um Give me a second. Let's stall for a second, everyone. Think about paddles. <laughs> They're two-sided. There's shafts. There's ferrules on them. Um, I like how you. I like how you buy time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm a jerk right now because I should know what paddle I have. Oh, I'm about to say you paddled it fairly recently. Yeah, but there's no name on it. It's a, It's an AT. What it is. It's, it's a super light. There you go. It's more of it, it's more of the uh, oh, it's called the super light. I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a full it's carbon construction, though, right? Yeah. No, it's full carbon. Yeah. See, it's full. Car- I've always I, I've always been way more appealed, or I, I way more appealed to me with a carbon paddle than anything else. The the carbon just over time any paddling long distances or whatnot, you know, it, it allows you to uh, last a lot longer out of the water every single time on every single trip. You know, you, you, can, uh, you can dig in a lot more uh, and get a lot more resistance on the paddle blade due to the carbon being a lot more rigid. So it's a stronger paddle stroke than, say, the nylon blades that are available in a lot of paddles out there. And uh, to me, other than the boat, well, shoot, even more important in the boat. I think the paddle is probably the most important piece of equipment on your boat. No, that's how you get all your energy to the water. It's you know, that that is the most important part of it. And it is a super light. I'm not stupid. It's an Exodus super light. Took me like five minutes to remember, but here you go. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. It's a it's the black one, you know. The carbon one that's black. Because <laughs> there's not there's not forty of those on the market. Right. No, I feel terrible now. I like that paddle, though, man. I'm, I'd be curious if AT goes forward with that paddle because other than my Aikilos or my Callista, it really does feel the best other, compared to what I've had out on the water. It, it's, it's, a really solid, it's a really solid paddle. You know, and, no, you it, know, it, I, go ahead, man. No, I was going to say, no, it is. I mean, I've, I've had it for... It's in production now. It's just it looks totally different than my paddle. It is that Exodus Super Light, but the one I have is, you know, pre-production of course. But yeah, I've had it for over a year, and um, I'm rough on it, extremely rough on it, and um, it's held up 
really well. I know you're rough on that kilos too. It's amazing how the carbon, people look at carbon, they think, oh, it's fragile because it's light. And, uh, and it's just crazy how well that stuff holds up, especially over oysters. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, you know, that blade durability, depending on where you're paddling, that's a big thing. You know, the Gaussian area with all the oysters, the, you've got chunk rock in some areas. I mean, you can find that even in a lake pushing off of timber or chunk rock there as well, say along like a dam or anything like that. I mean, you want a you want a really durable paddle. You want that, uh, but you also want a very lightweight paddle. And you can get a paddle like that with uh, nylon blades, but it's not going to be as easy on swing weight, say, as a full carbon construction all the way down to the blade. And you know as well as I do, a big rule of thumb is always always purchase as uh, as expensive of a paddle and as good of a paddle as you can right up front because it's going to be a piece of equipment that you're going to have for the length that you or the length of time that you paddle. So, I mean, it's very important to to go towards a, a nice piece of equipment. Put your money towards it, uh, and it's going to last you a long time. And it will transition really to any boat, save if you go to an even an even wider boat like they're making nowadays. But that is, in my opinion, you should pick your paddle before you pick your boat. Yeah, or at least at the same time, and you know. I'd almost, I would suggest is pass on to some accessories, things that you think are must-haves on the boat. Pass on some of those accessories to put the money towards the paddle. Because it's like Absolutely. buying a nice truck and getting a, oh, you know, oh, I can't afford the engine, so I'm going to throw a four-cylinder in this, you know, half-time right. truck. I mean, it just, it doesn't, you know, it's a big part of it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always see these people that come in and they, they put a lot of money towards, like you said, a lot of accessories and whatnot. And then they realize I got to go back, and it's it's time to buy the paddle. And they're like, oh well, you know, crap. Now I've got so much money tied up in accessories. I'm just going to get me a paddle that's going to get me out of the water and going. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that mentality whatsoever. But from experience, you're going to enjoy your time out there a lot more if you've got a very good piece of equipment that's going to make your time out on the water a lot easier. Same thing as buying, you know, rods and reels for the types of fishing that you're going to do. If you're going to be waiting or anything like that, you're going to want a super light or casting all day. You're going to want a super light rod reel combo to allow you to cast all day long. Same thing with a paddle. Paddle's going to allow you to paddle all day long and be a whole lot more efficient on the water and less tired. So that's, uh, that's my two cents on paddles for the evening. I don't know about you. No, I'm, I'm good now. Now that I've embarrassed myself, I'm fine. It's all right. You've, you've resurrected, you've resurrected your, uh, your credibility with posting the link. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, not, well, go ahead. That's, no, that's just terrible. It happens, man. You know, it's a senior yeah. moment for us, for, our, for you. Yeah, no, it's okay. I'm having more of them. <laughs> I did notice you had a little bit more gray hairs this last weekend. Got to be the kid, right? It's the kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. I, I totally blame it on, you know, myself. Well, yeah. I'm actually using touch of gray. My hair is naturally, like, all brown. I'm just putting grays in so people respect me more. I'm, I'm going to start, like, you know, thinning my hair on top, too, just so I look, you know. Shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. it was, without further ado, uh, so... Uh, 
without we got Tobin in the whole in the holding room. Uh, we're going to go ahead and bring him in again, everybody. We're going to be talking with Tobin Strickland. He is the owner and creator of the Trout Support DVDs that they've got out. Uh, you can get uh, go over www.troutsupport.com. They've got a whole library of DVDs out there to help tune your fishing towards fishing more effectively for trout, redfish, and in various situations and uh, conditions. So let's go ahead and bring him in. Hey, guys. Hey, what's going on, Tobin? Oh, man, a bunch of great stuff. Um, it's really an honor to be on the show. Wow, man. Uh, likewise, honor to have you on. You, <laughs> you're, a, you're a very well-requested guy over on, uh, on TKS. We had quite a few people post up on the Facebook page a while back when we first started when we asked, you know, are there any guests out there that you'd like to have come on? And your name was a resounding... Uh, vote over and over again. So had to had to see if I could make it happen, man. Oh, absolutely, I love contributing. Uh, I'm glad to be here and uh, take it as an honor that I've been asked to be here. Well, well, I I got a quick I got a quick question, man. So you know sure. what prompted what prompted you to get uh, to make these DVDs? Like kind of what you know what kind of got you started? And, you know, has this been something that you've been working on for a long time and just you know, decided you know, to finally launch it, or you know, the the whole story is I came from a pretty successful bass career. I had some rather large, large mouths to my credit already, and thought I knew how to fish. And this was back in, oh, guess ninety four, ninety five time frame, and um, started hitting saltwater, and just got shut down. You know, and and knowing that there's methods of, of every ecosystem, I went about going to learn those and, um, you know, learn some really good ones myself and then teamed up with the guides and trout support videos. And they're some of the most amazing top teaching guides on the coast. And uh, just kind of combine the whole center, put everything together synergistically to combine my ecology and biology background with a lot of their know-how and uh, put it all together. But core of it is I saw people get into the sport and just struggle and knew there was faster ways that they could blow through their learning curve and uh, start to enjoy the sport more and be confident at it and, and catch more fish and stay around longer. That's why. Cool, man. Yeah, I, I, I lumped right into that group. I mean, when I first started, it was I was probably uh, more overwhelmed with everything that I needed to do to prepare for a time out on the water. Because, you know, you, you immediately, whenever you get in, you're going to go and try to relate to some sorts of information. For me, it ended up being right. Texas kayak fishermen. And right. you just want – it's almost like you want to do those overnight cram sessions like back in school, and you want to read every piece of information possible and then right. use all of it when you go. And you can't do that. And that's, and I still yeah. find myself struggling with that whenever I start targeting new species. So, you know, it's, right. it's an, almost an overabundance of knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. It certainly can be. And, you know, some of it is uh, – you can find out what spots, you know, they were biting at this week, and you can go there, and those fish are gone. 
Right. So we we can spend a lot of time doing all this research, uh, you know, the night before and, and not have much effect with it, too, which is a, a sad part of that deal. But but all of that helps, and it can all lead you to the, the right area and, and venues, um, you know, more uh, e- ecology-based actions to to find those schools of fish while on the water. Absolutely. Tobin, I have a question for you. There are, there are a lot of, you know, books, DVDs, fish DVDs out there. What makes what you're doing or your product different than, you know, what we're used to seeing out on the market right now? What, what makes, you, makes you a little different? Got it. Thanks. Good question. Uh, what makes us different, especially in the saltwater realm, is uh, adding a bunch of graphics so that the fishermen can get into the guides or my ecology mind and really be able to get that idea. You know, so so many, so long ago, we used to watch fishing videos, and it was just some guy on the front of a boat talking. And unless you waited right where he's throwing his lure, you just couldn't get the picture in your mind so that you could go duplicate that. So I, I, we, I built a lot of graphics to explain both a lot of ecological perspectives um, that happens in the bays as, as well as, you know, taking video of, uh, lures and pools and uh, that so that the angler can really, really get his mind wrapped around the idea and uh, and take it home with him, be able to apply it on the water the next trip in, instead of feeling. And then the other thing we do is we jam-pack the videos with information because we've all bought one of those videos that you, you maybe got one good idea out of and it cost you 20 bucks and you're like, man, that was a kind of a waste. So we really went above and beyond to add a bunch of stuff in there, things that English could, you know, apply over a whole season or several and um, and still, you know, feel like they get their money's worth because they can apply it. They well, Most of the successful and one of the most effective ways to use them is to watch them and go fishing and then come back and watch them again. Anglers find they pick up so many more new things and things make sense and have a total different perspective. So that's that's what makes us different than uh, what's out there, I believe. Yeah. With all the different DVDs you have, what I mean, without everyone having to go online and look immediately right now, like what are the different DVDs? Do you, you break it up by species or tactic, or, or how are you doing it? Sure. Well, um, I've got four currently, and then I'm working on the flounder video. So the first one I did was the limits video, and that's, how to catch a limit of speckled trout as compared to just going out and catching one or three, um, or at least heading in that direction. And now that was our first video. That was our first crack at it. And what people love about that one is, you know, really understanding how to work trout slicks so they can find the fish instead of just fishing the slick. <laughs> and then what slicks not to fish. <laughs> and then there's there's some other stuff in there bait and really utilizing and learning uh, what to look for within active bait so that you can find where the fish are. Um, and then a little discussion about birds and what birds not to use and um, an expanded array of what birds to look for outside of just gulls. I mean, we can all go in the fall and catch fish off of gulls. Um, but already this spring, uh, I was down in Baffin a couple of weeks ago and it was a couple of common turns, two of them that, you know, led us to catching about 40 fish, um, you know, and this, the, that limits video goes through 
several of the different turn species so an angler can really get a feel of which ones to look for and which ones to blow off. The big trout video really hones in on how to locate the habitats that big trout want to hang out in. Um, and an ecological perspective of it so that you can apply that to any base system. And then it goes through all the uh, slow sinking lures. And now a lot of people will sit, watch that video because there's a lot of cold water wade fishing in it. And they think, um, well, that's only going to apply from like December through February or something. But actually, we're finding that these bigger fish are staying in those locales. Um, they get there October, and they'll stay there all the way through June. Some even stay in those spots all year long. Um, so that's that's a great f uh, video for kayakers because it deals more with areas that are shallow or on the verge of shallow and intermixed. Um, then the two redfish DVDs, the shallow water redfish that covers marsh and grass flats. And i got to be honest with you, uh, I split those videos up, and I did that marsh and grass flats video pretty much for kayakers. <laughs> Because nice. it pretty much covers the area the kayak's going to fish, and either the marsh or the grass flats, and um, it covers some really great stuff in there, uh, like really how to use wind-driven currents on the flats. Because uh, a lot of the, a lot of the fishing when you get down towards you know Corpus and South, there's so little tide movement on those huge broad flats that it's almost entirely wind-driven currents. Um, and then finding mud inside the grass flats is just uber important for, for finding schools of redfish. Because uh, what we've learned is that shrimp will find the mud in that grass because it's really important to how they feed and how they burrow down into it. And uh, if you can find the mud in the grass flats, which we show in that video, you can uh, hone in on a lot of areas and catch a lot more redfish. Then the Bays and Shorelines Redfish DVD, uh, that pretty much, I originally called it deep water reds, but we morphed it into covering areas from the uh, secondary bay reefs all the way out to open water, and even uh, deep rock structure like up a river channel or at the jetties, um, a lot of different parameters with that, and... Um, it's jam-packed as well. So that's our current set, and like I said, we're we're working on the flounder video. We've got a couple more shoots to do, and then we'll start editing it. Um, I'd like to have it out next spring, but it may not be out till next fall. Gotcha. That's, yep. that's cool, man. So that's the kind of the rundown on what we offer. No, nah, dude, you sold me again. <laughs> <laughs> I talked on the. I talked to you on the phone uh, a while back whenever I first uh, proposed the idea for you to come on. And, you know, I've been sold already before because of how much people, you know, there's so much testimony to the success of, or to their success by watching your, uh, your, uh, your videos. So, I mean, right. shoot, what's that? The thread on TKF is almost 12 pages long. So, you know, <laughs> You're right. if that's not good enough for you, then I don't know what is. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, for anybody, I can get when, you know, there's anglers out there like, man, I don't need videos or, or I just don't have the money. There's two arguments of it is um, we offer a full money-back guarantee 
you know, if you really don't think you get your money's worth out of them um, or beyond, man, call me up. <laughs> I'm, I'm perfectly happy to take you take anyone up on that money back guarantee. That's awesome, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm not here well, to sell y'all a bunch of videos. I'm here to nah here to talk some fishing, contribute and talk talk fishing. So uh, now, just trying to think of how I want to word this. So uh, you know, with this, you know, the way that we're kind of transitioning now, it, 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 spring is here. So, you know, naturally we're going to start seeing the presence of redfish more into the, the marshes again, like up on the upper coast. You're going to see them start moving on onto the grass flats and becoming more active there. Right. You know, so, and now, how, uh, what is the transition really that you're going to see in this time of year for someone who wants to maybe target trout? I mean, do they do essentially the same kind of thing? Um. To some extent, yes, because uh, a lot of what happens in the spring, you've got a lot of different things happening, which which make it hard to stay on fish between really March between March and and, and the end of May. It can be difficult to to stay on fish consistently because you have a bunch of cold fronts coming through still so that will blow the water out of the bay and also it'll blow back in and then you've got your spring equinox tide so you you go from a blown out bay to a bay that's got too much water in it and spreading out the fish and you've got uh some days that are creeping up into the 80s and then some days uh back down into the into the 40s so you've got high you know high temperatures and low temperatures and you've got a lot of different food sources coming into the bays. Um, bay anchovies, a.k.a. glass minnows, come in from the passes um, starting early February. Um, brown shrimp have been up in the rivers and marshes uh, in the upper bay system, you know, all winter, and uh, they start moving back across the bay in March. Um, so you've got a bunch of different food sources coming in, a lot of different conditions. Uh, but for trout, it's going to be, you know, definitely shrimp. But, man, trout just love glass minnows. I mean, and it doesn't matter what size. As soon as they get to be about a half inch long, it seems like trout will really start keying on them. And I, I refer to them as cracks for trout. <laughs> nice. And uh, I've talked to some guys here recently that, you know, they went and they keyed in on a bunch of uh, active bait, and it was all mullet, and they didn't see any glass minnows, and, and they didn't get a bite. And you've got to be able to look in, you know, into the school of bait fish, and, and if you can start to see the little tiny bait fish, which are the glass minnows, if they're there, then you're, you're going to catch some trout. And if they're not, um, you're not going to catch any trout. You know, there's always a chance that you might pull a an eight pounder, a lone eight pounder, out from under some mullet on a mud flat. But um, even the bigger fish will move to areas where there's glass minnows. That's good. That's cool, man. I was I was like hearing like you know because the presence of certain types of bait in certain times of the year is key to your success out on the water. So you know, I didn't Absolutely. I didn't really know that. I didn't really know that, you know, glass minnows were uh, one of the key contributing factors to a, you know, a trout bite early in the in the year. I'll definitely have to look uh, 
use that piece of information going forward. So I appreciate that, man. So um, absolutely. Well, we're even now, finding that they're they're really important to redfish. Now, granted, a lot of redfish in the in the marsh are on uh, shad and and shrimp as well, but um, a lot of the reasons why it's so hard to find redfish uh, during this period, not only because of the fronts and everything, but redfish will spread out, and a lot of what they do is will, will, uh, they'll start following um glass minnows as well typically on grass edges and and on the tops of shallow reefs and and then for a little while in may sometimes it seems like the redfish will disappear from the main bay shorelines and a lot of people you know would say that it's really because the uh um the fluctuations and things like that but what i've been finding is that during that time in late may and in early June, those redfish, those bay redfish, have followed glass minnows out to the deep water reefs with the trout, and and they move out there because the glass minnows move out there. Glass minnows are very temperature uh, and oxygen sensitive, and when it starts heating up, and the magic number is about 85 degrees water temperature, surface temp, um, those glass minnows will move out to areas where they can find deep structure and current uh, so they can have that refuge. So uh, in in May, you'll find some, some deeper reds out on deep reefs with the trout, too. And a, a deep deep crankbait works good for them. Crankbait, really? Yep, yep. Sweet, dude. Um, something like a fat-free shad that'll dive to six feet. Uh, you can just bang the top of the shell and... Um, you know, you'll catch both trout and red, but you'll you'll catch some redfish out there. Cool, man. Well, um, got another question, kind of. You know, it's, so you know, everybody's kind of got their own definition of what angling really is. But why really is it something that is important for kayakers? I mean, you know, what is? How do you relate like information out on the water that can help kayakers be more successful? You know, like thinking about along those lines. Gotcha. Well, let's say what really angling is, and I touched on this just briefly in the limits video. Uh, the definition of angling actually came back from, uh, I don't have my notes with me where I really got it from, but um, it really came from fishermen backstream trout fishing. And what they would do, because it's a current system, what they would do is they would look up the edges of the current. So they would look upstream, but they would look along the edge of the current for the signs of, of hatches, certain visible visible hatches happening, as well as, you know, trout making boils, eating those hatching, a rise occurring, things like that. But they would look up that line, that current edge, where there's that break between the fast current coming down the, the stream and then the edge where it's a little too shallow or a little too rocky, and you kind of get that calm water, fast water edge right there. And what they would do is when they would actually find sign that they'd want to fish, then they would go upstream a little bit to where they could make an angling cast, a cast at an angle upstream. Because if you went too far upstream and cast... uh you know, perpendicular and tried to land it in that current edge where the fish were feeding 
and waiting for uh, you know midges and things like that to come down current. If you went too far upstream or perpendicular, you couldn't give the lure action and keep it in that same uh, line of path. So they would actually cast at an angle, and that's where the definition of angling came from. It is um, taking an angle on something. So taking an angle on something, you can actually be able to cast and put that lure right on that fast water, slow water edge, work the lure back down that edge, keeping it in that zone while at the same time still imparting action to it. And, and that's where the definition of angling came from. And it's not just out there uh, just casting or just throwing a lure or, or just paddling across the bay. Uh, angling is actually, you know, what angle are you taking so that you can uh, work a certain area and be able to do it effectively and with precision? Now, how would a, a kayaker uh, be able to put that into play out on the water? Well, one of the ways that I can perceive doing that is that there's a lot of different edges all throughout the bay. And sometimes we we forget that our bay systems are current moving systems, just like the rivers and streams. And fish and bait fish will orient themselves along the edges of those currents. Now, sometimes if you've got a swift moving current, you've got the same thing as a stream. You've got a strong current moving past a shallower bank or reef, and you get that that edge between the slow water and fast water. But another edge of current is also uh, where a reef is really rough in texture down in the bottom, down in six foot of water. You'll have uh, fast-moving water above it, but because it's so gnarly on the bottom and rough, there's actually a slower current, a slow still current underneath and where it's really rough. And that's what allows speckled trout to sit right up on top of that oyster because it's slower there, and they'll just allow the faster water to move above them and let the bait move past them. So that's an edge. But other edges that we can follow in bay systems are obviously the grass edge or, you know, the edge of current next to a grass edge. Um, as you move into a flat, there's a little bit deeper edge where the, the some flats are a little bit deeper out in the middle. Um, if, you if you look and see where it goes from a shallower grass flat and drops off into a deeper grass flat, Paddling those edges and the current edges that flow across those and looking for bait fish activity, looking for a shrimp hop, um, things like that. So working your way across a bay system now by moving along the edges. So as you look along an edge, you can look, you know, 100 yards, 200 yards along an edge and be able to see something and and be able to get a better idea of like how far away that is and and then be able to move and maybe get an angle uh, to where you could fish where that fish is striking um, and, and be able to better, you know, be more effective at finding uh, fish by locating sign. That's, that's one way that I would say it would be really good for kayakers. And it, it could also apply to, you know, more of a physical, philosophical approach, uh, let's say if there's a, a newbie out in the group, um, a lot of times they'll just kind of want to go off and paddle on their own, and that's fine, you know, that's all great, but 
one way that they could take an angle on something is actually staying close to the more advanced anglers and you know not only just asking questions but mimicking what the more advanced anglers are doing and uh, starting to see if, if this more advanced angler is are they on a drop off are they fishing potholes a pothole is just a nothing but a a round edge <laughs> um, yeah. you know um, but taking an angle to what you're doing out there on the water instead of just paddling across a flat to get to you know th that spot for the day um, paddle the edges as you go to on your chosen make a path through the marsh the edges um, maybe it's where the grass drops off to the to the mud bottom you know things like that but um, Moving through areas like that, and and like I said, as a as a less experienced angler, angler, they could take the angle on the more experienced anglers and be closer to them and start to question some of the things that they do, so that then they can get in their mind a new distinction about, oh, this guy's fishing right here on the mud drop off, and it's a broken bottom here, and um, he's catching fish, and I'm over here trying to, you know. Um, fish this sand edge or I don't know what and there's no current over here there's no bait fish you know stick close to those guys things like that cool man so yeah no I, so in your I, opinion oh, go, ahead, go ahead I got a quick question yeah yeah so in your opinion is it more about the approach than actually the, the tackle or anything you're using to, to be successful you know <laughs> throughout different seasons or Absolutely, uh, and for kayakers, I, I really advocate more planning. You know, it's, um, back when I about midway through my saltwater career, let's say, um, I used to just I knew about this one flat, and I would go fish that one flat, and I didn't pay any attention to seasonality, um, what the fish might be keen on, whether it be shrimp or glass minnows or shad. Um, we're finding now that, especially redfish, they're not just the smartest guys in the world. And if you if you can spend more time focusing on finding the fish, all the way from planning your trip to to um, you know honing in on sign on the water, then if you get just about any lure in front of those fish, they'll just about eat anything. Um, you know, yeah. That's my my thoughts on that. Interesting, cool, dude. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Yeah, because you know anybody can just throw a pack of lures or in there and just go out on the water, but it's the planning of it, in my opinion, is far more important because you have so many contributing factors in what area you're going to go to. I mean, it could be, you know, it could be anywhere from say it's going to be a, a tidal flat, or it could be you know uh, marsh drains or anything such. That, I mean. I, you just can't throw a pack of lures in there and just go. And then it doesn't equate success. you got so much right. to take into consideration. Like you said, That's tidal true. movement, tidal movement, wind, wind push current, you know, wind, you know, and that's going to create like a false tide. So, you know, there's right. a lot to go into that. So, nah, that's good stuff, man. Yeah, it's... Thank you. It's definitely, definitely one way to think about it. Um, just trying to think of something like... The guy had a question earlier than he wanted me to ask you, and it was along the same lines, but um, I think, it, actually, I think it was a question more to help him place well in the uh, in the Lone Star Kayak series, so I don't necessarily know <laughs> if I need to ask, <laughs> I don't necessarily know if I need to ask that one, 
Right. Unless I'm going to go fishing You can. Myself. I mean, unless, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, with the... Ask, the ask it, and I'll see if it's worth answering. <laughs> I think it's going to come down to me finding the question, so I think... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, have it, I, have it, I, have it, I have it saved somewhere. So whoever that guy was that asked the question, oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. But, uh, uh, well, you know, so... So you're, you're, you've been talking about the edges, and you've been talking about um, some of that stuff. So with redfish, whenever you start, I mean, first, a lot of guys are going to start focusing in on those guys mainly because yeah. you know, for one, redfish are just that much easier for a beginner yeah. to catch if you if if you essentially know, you know, what to be looking for. So I was going to maybe ask you if you could maybe sure maybe guide the novice angler into maybe a certain uh, set of rules for early spring redfish fishing? Um, I would say, number one, start with a really good plan of the trip. So you've got two things happening. You've got shrimp moving out of the marshes and, and across the bays, and you've got shad moving out of rivers right now. Um, into bays, and then you have the glass minnows on shorelines and reefs in the lower part of the, the bay systems. And just pick one of those. You know, that's one of the great things about spring is you've got options, but pick one of those and, and know that you're going to be looking for those prey, you know. And um, matching the hatch is good, but we're finding that, you know, you, you don't have to fish with something that looks exactly like a glass meadow. Just something smaller in size, um, you know, a three-inch paddle tail, uh, even a three-inch um, straight tail plastic. And those are great for matching the hatch for, for glass minnows. Um, smaller topwaters like Super Spook Juniors or a small spoon, but I typically find spoons... Uh, if you have to fish them above the grass this time of year, you're probably going to be reeling a little too fast. On, on top waters this time of year, I usually fish them really slow, uh, especially with the cool weather we've, we've still continued to have. Last year and this this spring have been uh, much cooler than past years, and the fish are probably three to almost four weeks behind on a pattern um, compared to earlier years. So plan your trip. Know what bait fish or shrimp that you're going to be uh, honing in on, uh, and you know if you're going to be in a marsh right now, you're probably going to be more of a shad bite. Um, if you're on a bay shoreline, it's probably going to be a glass minnow shrimp bite, um, and then pick some lures that'll that'll you know come close to in size uh, to what you're targeting, what the fish are targeting. That's that's my early season plan. And, cool. and then the other is on, on the water, like I said, paddle the edges, whether it's a, a slow, fast water edge or the edge of the grass flat where it drops off into the main bay or maybe it's uh, the edge of a deeper flat to a shallow flat. Um, and just look for sign, you know. Uh, we should start seeing a few more slicks from both redfish and trout now uh, that they're eating glass minnows. Uh, look for a shrimp hop. You know, 
um, all, all types of things like that. Uh, one single turn can lead you to a school of fish. Cool, man. Uh, I, I, I do have one. I do have another question. And it, this one comes up really routinely with a lot of guys that I talk to. And they don't really know how to distinguish, you know, one type of water from the next. You know, when, you, when you're watching bait out on the water, you've got a lot of guys that will be watching, they're like, oh, I see a mullet skip, or I see something like that, and they contribute, or they consider that, you know, bait. Now, in most occasions, yeah, it is bait, but they always hear right. the term nervous, they always hear the term nervous water. Right. So, you know, and especially this time of year, I mean, it can, and in my, in my uh, experience, nervous water can be either, say, you know, predatory fish just underneath the surface and they're moving, you know, causing many wakes or anything like that. Yeah. But most of the time, nervous water that I come in contact with is always going to be more bait fish driven. So, you know, when yeah. an angler is out there looking for nervous water or he sees something like how does one distinguish, you know, what he's looking at? Well, the, uh, the ecological response to well, – let me, let me back up a second. So when the lady in Jaws, was floating on top of the water, and she started getting a little scared, and you start to hear the dun dun Jaws was below her, you know, and, and she was acting frantic. So uh, the predatory, the prey response to predator on the water with speckled trout or redfish is um, mullet and other bait fish will get in denser schools, uh, they'll they'll get into pods and then they'll they'll push up more towards the surface if if there's enough you know water temperature for it anyways and um, a, a nice tight tight ball of bait usually there's something around so it can go from that to uh, actually seeing a flea or a fleeing bait fish you know jump across the water and it only takes seeing one of those now for as far as getting you know, what does that look like? Uh, I really invite everybody to, that hasn't watched the Limits video. The, the Limits video, I took my camera, put down my fishing rod for three months, which is really hard to do, and Oof. went to these areas that I would fish and just shoot video. And it's it's actually pretty hard to get this stuff jumping in the small angle of a zoom lens so you could actually see it. But... We've got video of, of, you know, one single mullet darting across the surface, real low and flat. And, um, you know, that's fleeing bait fish. That's obviously not just nervous water. But nervous water, I would say it's the, it's the mix of ripples above a little pod of bait fish. And then you're also looking for a fleeing bait fish or a scatter of bait fish. Um, you know, you hear a redfish here pop a bait in the, in the grass, uh, you know, that's an unmistakable sound. But the Limits video covers a lot of bait fish activities and uh, compare that to just one lone jumping mullet. Um, you know, that, there's the difference right there. Cool. Yeah, that's always been one of the big things that, you know, guys ask me, when you're focusing in on bait, you know, what's, what's the difference? And they always hear guides talk about nervous water, target nervous water, and that's going to equate into yeah. more fish. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really hard for someone who's not used to seeing those things, even equate to what it really looks like while on the water because they're so limited with their experience. So, 
It is. You know, as an advanced angler, you begin to see that stuff out of your periphery. But if for somebody seeing it the first time, it could happen right in front of them and not really pick it up. And that's what's really great about the limits video. You can see it in the video, and that kind of trains your eye to start to look for that stuff. And the next thing you know, you're seeing it on the water. And the same thing with the shallow redfish DVDs. We've got shrimp hopping in that video. And, um, you know, once you've seen it, you'll, you recognize it. You can, you can get it by how a shrimp lands on the water. You don't even have to see it jump. You can see the half-inch shrimp land on the water and know that was a shrimp and not a bait fish. But those are the, one of the really helpful things about those two videos is seeing it before you go, you can hone your eye to begin to look for that stuff because you've already seen it. You know, because we really hone down and highlight it so you can see it, and we slow-mo it um, so you can really teach yourself what it looks like. Cool, man. Well, Tobin, uh, I wanted to go ahead and, you know, thank you for get, for coming on tonight. It's been it's been awesome to have you come on, talk about a little bit of tips and tactics for these guys that are in the chat room. Uh, they've, uh, they're, this is really good information, and, you know, we've already mentioned it earlier in the show, but go ahead and give them a website that they can go out and they can give your stuff a look at, and that way they can, you know, they can go ahead and purchase those DVDs and, you know, get a head step on uh, becoming a better fisherman. Great. The website is troutsupport.com, like tech support, but for trout. <laughs> um, nice. So, yeah, come on there. And another great thing, you know, uh, if you just can't swing the videos right now, just tell a friend. Hey, you know, I heard this guy on the radio show the other day and really sounds like he know what he's talking about. Heard the videos. Everybody talks about them. You know, help me spread the word because it's really all about helping anglers um, break through that learning curve and, and get to the next level. Absolutely. So spread the word for me. I'd really appreciate that. That's not a problem, man. And if you got any, if you got any upcoming DVD launches, dude, you're more than welcome to use our Facebook page as a forum and, you know, Show everybody what's going on. It's not a problem. Whatsoever. Sounds great. Feel free. Sounds great. Yep. Cool. Well, cool, right. Tobin. Well, I, pre I appreciate you coming by, man. We'll have to catch up with you later, maybe sometime whenever you get the, the Flounder DVD closer to uh, to launch. We can have you in and give you a little bit of time to talk about it. So. You bet. You bet, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to try and set up a trout support happy hour here up in Austin uh, maybe once a month, too. So uh, I'll let the, everybody know when that's going to happen. That's in my neck of the woods. I'm down, man. Sounds great. All right. Well, good man. luck, guys. We'll Have fun out there fishing. All right, man. We'll catch up with you later. Sounds great. All right. All right, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Cool, man. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good piece of a uh, good piece of information. That's a good chunk. I mean, it's. A, you know, whenever you watch a DVD, like he said, it, it is a lot to take in initially and see everything and apply it later on. But, you know, that's why, you, that's why you buy a DVD. You can watch it over and over and over again. And like he said, man, watch it. Go apply what you what you learned the first go around. Come back. I'm, I will guarantee you that you missed something. Uh, essentially, if you didn't catch anything the first time, you will the second. So, Andrew, you need all of those DVDs. I've seen you fish. It's despicable, and I can't believe that you call yourself a fisherman. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I'm not a fisherman. Um, no, but um, a lot of information there, man. A ton of information. So, yeah, well, no, I, I actually, 
I had never really thought of anything about, like, the, the glass minnows or anything like that. I've all seen them, like, in the lights, you know, whenever we go at night. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's definitely one thing. But I never really equated it to, you know, a successful trout bite or anything like that during the, the early season. So now I guess I need to go ahead. I was I always targeted or, you know, thought about, you know, I've got to target shrimp. That was always my mentality. So it's good to know that, and it just shows you how little I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel, I feel a lot dumber now. Like, I want to go back so, uh, and undo this show because I, I feel I feel dumb. Like, I really don't know anything about anything anymore. But, well, the paddle part didn't really help you any. <laughs> no, it's, tonight was an utter failure. I just want to read it. <laughs> Oh, oh, man. Well, other than that, we'll kind of just recap what's going on for the next couple of weeks. You know, we've got the Lone Star Kayak Series coming up on April 19th. If anybody's interested in going out there and fishing a uh, really fun tournament style, go out and check out just, or, uh, Dustin's uh, tournament series, you know, LoneStarKayakSeries.com. Uh, be sure to go and check out the uh, the Fish Cats website. You can go out there and fish Sam Rayburn this coming weekend or the Cat City Kayak Series. You can go out there and you can fish Alan Ray Hubbard. they got two freshwater events this weekend. Uh, they, they're probably going to be 40 to 50 anglers apiece. And I know cutoff for Dustin's tournament, the Lone Star Kayak Series, is going to be coming up soon. They've already got 40 guys uh, signed up for that. So there's, they're probably going to have that last-minute rush of guys right at the end, too. So potential there for Dustin to have, you know, another 80 guys out like they did last time. So, you know, we've got a couple of things to go to. Heroes on the Water, you've got the event coming up at St. Arnold's Brewery on the, uh, on the 17th. You know, get your tickets, buy them early, go out and support a really good cause, help our vets. You know, that's a, that's a big thing, too. And uh, other than that, Andrew, I really don't have much else. I mean, I think we're going to, you know, I talked to Adam um, or Adam Murray from – Castaway Rod, uh, he said that you know he he apologized for not being able to come on the show a couple of times or the last couple of weeks. So he's uh we're gonna make a concerted effort to see if we can get him on next week. And had an, uh, he had an idea for maybe a, you know a surprise or two for the for the people who are listening that night. So I don't know what that's necessarily gonna equate into, but could be something cool. But other than that, oh and demo days we got demo days this weekend. So if you're out in the Houston area, you want to come out, have some fun, get on the water. Uh, we'll be down at Missouri City in the, at uh, Independence Park. Come out, try out a lot of different boats. We'll have out in San Antonio and the San Marcos one as well, the Texas Ski Ranch in San Marcos. So there's a there's a couple of events for everybody to go into. Uh, Andrew, you got anything else before we get off here, man? No, that's it. That's it. I mean, come out to demo if you want and watch us stand up in goofy boats like we did last week and make fools of ourselves. It's a good time. Yeah, and uh, just a quick shout-out also, too, to someone who's listening tonight. We haven't uh, – who was a key success feature in our uh, – earlier in our days at the ACK store in Houston, uh, Mrs. Jackie Enlich. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, very talented artist that we used to have that painted the murals on the very front of our store. So uh, the salt – I think it's saltwaterartist.com. Go check her work out, definitely. So uh, – until then, until next week, uh, I am Jaron Wassel. Uh, join with Andrew. We will be back next week, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, be sure to tune in uh, to Yak Fish in Texas. And uh, until then, everybody, go ahead and take a kid fishing in tight lines.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes. Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.